millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. If you have listened for any length of time at all, you know that we love to tell you the stories of our brothers and sisters in the growing churches inside the Islamic Republic of Iran. It's a place where God is doing amazing things, calling people to faith in Christ. It is also a place where persecution can be very intense. So we like to let you know what it's like for believers there so that you can pray effectively for them. This week, we're going to hear a story from inside Iran. Pastor Hussein Sudman was born into a Muslim family. He came to faith in Christ. He was ultimately put on trial and found guilty of apostasy by an Iranian court. They literally told him, you can continue to follow Jesus and you will be executed. Or you can return to Islam, just just become a Muslim again, and you can go back home to your family. Pastor Sudman boldly said, I am a follower of Jesus. And for that crime, he was executed. Today, we're going to explore that story with his daughter, Rasheen. I recorded this interview on the road in England in 2018, back before anyone had ever heard of COVID-19, back when getting on an airplane was a lot easier than it is today. But I wanted to revisit this story for you now because it's such a powerful example of how persecution affects entire families. And especially as we approach the International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians, which is coming up on November the 7th, I hope this will equip you to pray more fervently for our persecuted brothers and sisters, including the sons and daughters of those who may be facing direct, intense persecution. Rasheen was 13 years old when her father was executed, and I asked her what memories she had of him before that day. So I have a lot of memory of him, uh, memories of him, because the church was in the basement of our house. Actually, my father established a church in the basement of our house, and obviously we had people inside the house. The building he used to use, it was um, the second floor and the basement, but we usually had more people in the yard and around us. Uh, so, yeah, I clearly remember. So I could see the way he was ministering to other people uh, especially people who would come to the, our house and ask the questions so and some uh, about Christian faith so my father my father patiently would answer all the their questions as well and it was not just asking their question he was care about them so he had caring hearts and loving heart and I remember he had a bicycle in our house and uh, still I can visualize that bicycle and 
my father had pain in his leg and but he would cycle miles and hours to see one person some of the members of the church they uh, live far from our house for so i remember some sometimes he would take us with him i remember uh, his bicycle and also he was two hours cycling to see different people and just take care of them and to see how they are doing it seems like from what I've read and from what you've said, he just loved people, not just the people in the church, but Muslims, the neighbors, everyone. He just had a love for people. Exactly. He had uh, he had love for everybody, even children. Even I remember a family who had a disabled child. He loved my father. And one day they were living far from us. And one day he just left house and came to our house to see my dad. And they were very worried. And immediately when he, he came to our house, my, my dad called them and let them know that they, he is here. So he loved children as well. So after he, uh, he died, after his martyrdom, even neighbors, they testified that how kind he was and how caring heart he had. Are there things you remember in your family, like, you know, him reading you stories or him giving you hugs or tucking you in at night? Are there things like that that you remember about him? Exactly. I remember he would spend time individually with each one of us. Um, for instance, he, he would take me to coffee shop and had or restaurant and had a quality time with me as well. Although he had quality time with the whole family, but it was important for him to have a quality time with each one of us as a, as his children. So that that is what it's important for me when I remember him as my father. Do you think he knew or had a had a sense that he might not be able to be there when you were 20 or 25 or when you got married? Do you think he had any kind of a sense that maybe his life was going to be short? I think he knew because he was very keen and for us to be very independent. And always he would tell us or the way he was treated us or he tried to raise us as a children to be independent. And sometimes he would send us uh, my my sister and myself three uh, three children together to a distance place with the taxi he was not he, he was not with us he made sure that the taxi driver is safe but he would send us by ourselves with just taxi driver for instance and i think now when i'm thinking about those moments i just sometimes i I think maybe he knew that that was he was very keen for us to be more independent and yeah uh, grow in more being more mature yeah in yeah in our life and what do you remember about the faith lessons that he taught you or how he taught you what it means to follow Jesus and how you live out that faith on a daily basis 
so we had our family praying meeting every night so that was really important for him and no one could cancel even if we had a guest <laughs> yeah even if we, if we had a guest as i mentioned so we had a church in our house sometimes we had other members or other people they were welcome to join us but he never canceled so and then yeah he always uh, teach us about god and encourage us to read our bibles and told us stories about jesus christ and what was incredible about him he told us about jesus with the stories because he knew we are a child so the way he was sharing the stories it was the way was yeah the child can understand so it was like uh, milk is the food for us but on the other yeah. hand in that there was some way that we understood about God and his lordship and who was Jesus yeah <laughs> so he didn't just pastor his congregation he pastored his family as well exactly yeah he pastors yeah exactly yeah yeah did you understand even as a as a girl that what he was doing was dangerous in Iran did you know that well my dad's a pastor this this could be dangerous for our family um actually not till i was 11 because everything was okay and even uh, the church had this freedom to um Actually, I didn't sense the fear. Or, <laughs> I don't know if there was something, but I think everything happened from when I turned to 11. And then because one day I was playing in our yard and with other friends, and I remember a car came and parked front of our house and we didn't know who they are. We, we were thinking maybe they are, some of those people came to, <laughs> in order for him to minister to them. But uh, after a few 10 minutes, I remember they invited my father to sit in their car. And even I didn't hear the conversation, but I felt it's something wrong. It is, and then sense of fear, that was, the first time he was arrested so he was arrested for a month and then after that after one month they released him they warned him and they gave him two weeks time to think to think about his life and they told him whether you are going to stop your ministry and deny your faith or we will kill you and that's the serious warning and um, because they couldn't stop my father. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. do you remember when he came home after being arrested that month? Do you remember what happened when he came through the door or what you thought when you thought, oh, dad's home? Yes, we were waiting for him because we heard that they are going to release him. It was around two o'clock and um, we were we were actually preparing house for him and cleaning and yeah when he came to the house we were all crying and yeah <laughs> we ran towards him so I remember the first person uh, actually ran to my father was my oldest brother he was uh, actually uh, yeah cleaning the yard and then so because my father was very clean um 
man and he wanted everything be tidy and so we were preparing house for him uh, so i rem- yeah i clearly remember um the moment he uh, came to the house and we were really happy and we were thinking uh, telling to myself i hope this is the last time that we are not having him for uh, for this such a long time unfortunately it wasn't the last time no, um one of the things as I've been reading and preparing to come and talk to you, the, the church leaders above your father in the Assembly of God Church said, maybe it's time for you guys to leave Iran. It, you've been arrested. You're having trouble. There's more persecution coming. Maybe you guys should go outside of Iran. Your dad said, no, I'm not going to leave. Tell us a little bit about that. And he he made some really powerful statements about why he was staying. As I mentioned, after his the first time he was arrested, everything was changed, and uh, we didn't have that freedom uh, anymore. And then uh, he went to other brothers uh, in Tehran and share all the information, all, all his experiences with the uh, brother Huck and other brothers and and i want to just for our listeners give them some context brother hike was the leader of the assembly of god church in iran and he also later would be martyred for his faith Um, so your dad went to tehran and sat down with brother hike and said here's what's happened then what happened brother hike uh, they realized that this is serious ultimatum so that they offered him a help and they uh, told him we can help you to escape the country with your family but uh, that's my father's response do you want me to read yeah, it please. yeah <laughs> and my father replied actually i am a follower of the great shepherd of the sheep our lord jesus christ and i am ready to sacrifice my soul for my sheep for me to escape from this persecution would cause the hearts of my flock to become cold and weak. I never want to be a bad example for them. So I am ready to go to prison again and if necessary to give my life. Yeah, he said that and he left Tehran and he went to Mashhad. And while my father was in Tehran, they called to my mom uh, and asked for him and they told him, yeah, tell him to come to us this day. And my father immediately left Tehran and he came to Mashhad. He went house and left her suit, his suitcases. And I was the only one with my mom uh, in the house. And he told me, Roshin, please make a tea. I'll come back in two hours. And then, so I was preparing tea for him in order for him to come and I can um, uh, help him and welcome him but he didn't come back that day after two weeks we heard that chilling news that he was executed for his uh, fate in mashhad prison so rashin you heard after the fact it it was you didn't there was never a time where they said the court has ruled your father's going to be executed or you know come and visit or a court hearing or anything like that was that unusual or is that just how things work in Iran? Mm, 
I yeah, that's how things work in Iran. Yeah, we had chance to see my father twice. Yeah, one when he was in prison for one month, and then when he was um, two weeks before his per, uh, execution, we we had chance to see him uh, once. And then, uh, so I remember the last time we saw him in the prison. What What do you remember about that, or or what did he say during that visit? Well, yeah, so it was joyful and painful time because, as a thirteen years old, I was thinking, why I should I I I need to have my father with me, and why should I ask? Uh, permission for other people to let me to see my father so it was very joyful as well and painful and uh, so we just share our experiences and we told him the stories we have about our school and my father was just encouraged he was encouraging us to uh, continue our study and yeah encourage us to study uh, and look after my mom as well so it was just very normal and daily conversation so he didn't want actually go to the details what is happening to him because we were small children and yeah and he didn't want to upset my mom as well so what what was that visit like as far as the setup was was he on one side of glass or one side of bars or were you all in a room did you get a chance to give yes, him a hug yes, or we were in the, yeah we were in the same room so okay. no it was not the glass yeah <laughs> separated us okay. no no it was uh, yeah we went to a room yeah so do you think at that time that he knew i'm going to be executed or i'm going to be killed or do you think he thought this is like last time they're going to hold me for a while and then i'll go home no he knew that he knew that um while we were leaving the prison, the room that we met him, uh, by my youngest sister, she, she said, I think she asked me to look back. And yeah, my father was, uh, he was in tears and he didn't want us to see. And he, he was trying to remove it with his hand. And uh, I think my sister, she saw it clearly. And I think because he knew that's the last visit. And also after his martyrdom, we heard from some police guard or religion police that um, because another time police, um, one man from prison came to our house and asked us to go to the to that place because my father wanted to visit us and we went to that place and we stayed we were waiting for two hours in order to see him but didn't happen and after that they told us uh, he can't see you today and we will uh, let you know for another time and we were wondering so what why what was the reason a purpose purpose uh, for that visit and after uh, his martyrdom we heard that on that day he was in another room and they were showing him his family it was like it was kind of warn him that so you have an option this is your family and your small children and your blind wife and this is your fate now you have to choose so in, it was one final test for your father. Exactly. Here's your family. They need you. Or you can go on with this crazy Christian stuff. Exactly. Or you go home and take care of your family. Family, yeah. And so your father made a choice. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> he made a choice. So when you think about that now, 
what do you think about your father's choice? Uh, he, he chose Christ. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm very proud of him and I'm very proud to be his, his, uh, his daughter. Actually, he chose Christ. Although I don't want to deny or ignore the painful side we went through and all the difficulties and uh, uh, vulnerabilities so we face in uh, during uh, that time, especially so we were small children with my blind mom because my father was not the only father. He was a great help for my mom as well. Even on that time, although it was difficult for us, but we were um, very proud of him. And now I am proud of him that he chose Christ because, yeah, Christ is um, alive. And, um, yeah, he knew that he's going, yeah, God is going to look after his family. How did you find out, Rasheen, that your father had been executed? I was in school and I came home and um, no one was at home. And then after one hour, uh, that was um, not normal, it was weird. So usually my mom had to be at home when uh, we were coming from school. But it was, so it was strange that no one is at home. But after one hour, they came because they went to the graveyard. On that day, they informed uh, my family and uh, Brother Hike and other pastors he was executed. So they, they immediately went to the graveyard. So when they came, when they entered to the house, even because um, they were wearing black clothes, and then I just immediately I uh, realized that... Um, yeah, my it's ha something happened to my dad, and then yeah, they everybody came to our house and told us the. So did did Pastor Hike talk to you about that? About you know your dad's a hero. Your dad has done this amazing thing. What did he say about it? Yeah, brother. Um, the first person he informed us told us was one of our neighbor who was christian and we were very close together so she told us and then everybody came and brother hike it was strange atmosphere because it was between sadness and happiness so sadness because no one expect that even churches expect that happen and I remember all the people were crying and Brother uh, Hike was sad because he lost his friend, his colleague. And also as a family, we lost our father. But I clearly remember he would say, I'm jealous of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous of him. I had to be the first one to live, to give my life to Jesus and um, it was I could see the regret in his uh, face yeah and then he was um, preaching uh, very boldly and powerful I think that his preaching is it still exists in the first day that we heard about my, about my father martyrdom That's Rasheen Sudman 
telling us what it was like when she was just 13 years old and found out that her father had been martyred for his faith. I know all of us who are parents, just naturally, we care about our kids' safety. We care about their future. Rasheen's life reminds us that ultimately God is in control and he loves our children even more than we do. He has promised that he will take care of the fatherless. He will take care of the widow. We can trust him with our families and follow his calling, even if it means danger for us personally. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio. Voice for the Persecuted.